everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined with Goldie. Hi Goldie. Hello. She's from Ballerina, Lazy Ballerina Club. Um, I'm sure some of of you will know. If you don't then get to know. Um, (laughs) um, I'll leave at the end of this episode so make sure you stay um, and you know you can find her. We'll just get straight on into it. Hi, everyone. I'm just going to interrupt the pod and tell you a bit about today's sponsor, which is Audition Educator. Audition Educator is the premier destination for classical ballet dancers auditioning. It's set up by a professional ballet dancer, Rebecca Hall, who was actually on the podcast a few seasons ago. She set out to build a company that would help dancers find work with an all-encompassing online educational studio where you'll learn how to be remembered and recognised by employers and directors and obtain the knowledge needed to audition like a professional and improve confidence insight and audition skills follow the link in the show notes to have a browser the online studio for free resources ebooks and courses on audition techniques that you can't find in school and you won't be able to practice in the studio i've also got a special discount for you you get 30 percent off if you use the code hardcore for the how to write to a company course online um which is very great it's a very great discount so be sure to check that out and you will be all ready for audition season when it comes back around I promise okay so how old are you oh oh my gosh we're starting with with that age questions so I am 25 as of the today when we're recording but I'm actually turning 26 next week and I just feel like I am an old woman in the ballet world (laughs) but I remember I'm embracing it no literally I I feel I just turned 21 and I feel really old (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) is over it was nice knowing you (laughs) 21 is the time of your life enjoy it so Mm. exciting but I feel like it's gonna be good too I'm excited yeah oh no it will be good I feel like 26 are good yeah no I feel all the 20s is meant to be like you know it's quite a prominent part of our lives so yes completely it'll be good I'm an old woman in the ballet world for sure <laughs> <laughs> so what are your what are the companies that you've worked with um yes yeah, so I my first year-round program before I got my like first professional contract I was at the Washington School of Ballet in Washington DC and then after that year of year-round full-time training I got my first contract at Ballet Met in Columbus Ohio and mm-hmm. I was a part of the second company there and I, I only danced with Ballet Met for one season before I got my next contract with the Kansas City Ballet and I started as a second company member there as well and then kind of worked my way up through the ranks. I became an apprentice and then a full-time company member there. So that is mm-hmm. where I have danced. Exciting. Um, and what point shoes were you wearing at, when you were dancing or are you still wearing the same ones now? Like, Yeah, so my point shoe journey has been quite... Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> it's totally a journey. I wore Capizios for years and years and years. I started 
in a Tiffany and then I customized that Tiffany in Capizio. But then when I got to Kansas City, when I got into the main company, I switched to Freed's. I made mm-hmm. that switch. And then once I was in Freed's, I customized my Freed's. So I've been in custom mm-hmm. Freed's, which game changer. I look yeah, back cus- at yeah. old point shoe pictures and I'm like, I have no idea how I got hired. I don't know how I made it far. But yeah, I love my custom love Yeah, no, same. I'm like, I love my custom shoes too. Like, I, they're like my babies. Exactly. You can't go back. No. So what is your favorite leotard? Oh, own? oh my gosh. And I feel like that's like, I, I can imagine that's a hard one because I saw your leotard collection and you have a lot. Beyond. I honestly, before I made that video, I was like, I really don't have that many. Like, it's really fine. I was very mistaken. Mm. I will have to say, I'm trying to think of like a specific leotard, but I love any Eleve leotards. Eleve dancewear was actually in Mm. Kansas City. So I was able to work with Eleve and model for Eleve. And I just like fell in love with the brand. So any Eleve leotard Mm. is my fave. I mean, I love a good unique as well, but I love Eleve. Yeah, that must have been so cool, like working with them. Yeah, I mean, like I love I, LA. Yeah, I didn't even know that they were based out of Kansas City until I got my contract, and I was like, okay, all my money is gone. <laughs> but it was really, really cool. It was yeah. Really cool. So, what is your favorite piece of choreography that you've either learnt and like have performed or haven't performed, or like one you've performed? I would have to say, um, I got the opportunity to dance in the middle somewhat elevated oh, by William mm-hmm. Forsyth. And that was like bucket list ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I saw it on the season, like the schedule, and I was just like, if I could dance mm-hmm. one ballet, it would be mm-hmm. this one. I feel like that was definitely like my yeah. all-time favorite. I mean, that the must rehearsal, have been amazing. Yeah, the rehearsal process was amazing. Performance, it was yeah. probably my favorite yeah that that's that would be amazing (laughs) and what is your favorite food oh easy I could have a cheeseburger breakfast lunch and dinner Mm. any day burger Mm -hmm. I just love cheeseburgers and fries and a milkshake good choice good choice thank you (laughs) so let's get into I guess like your journey as a dancer from the beginning you know what was your I guess journey growing up mm-hmm. um was ballet something you always wanted to do or did you like have other aspirations until a certain point like what's your story essentially oh I was never the like three-year-old saying like when I grow up I want to be a ballerina um my mother was a dancer she was on Broadway so much more like jazz and then my grandmother had her own dance studio as well so it was in my blood before I knew it was in my blood. Um, mm. But I started ballet when I was five and mm. I always did ballet. But I, when I was younger, I was definitely more focused with like, I don't know what I thought I was going to be like jazz, like contemporary. I thought I was going to be this like jazz arena, which I was like so mistaken. Um, but it wasn't until I was older when I realized that I actually had potential to make this into a career and Mm -hmm. 
that I was able to like really appreciate ballet. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I was like 15, 16, 17, where I was like, wow, I really want to do this as a profession. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't go to a year round like school until I grad uh, until I left California when I was like 17. Um, so I just grew up at like a local studio mm -hmm. and kind of fell in love with it, like through the process of mm. going to ballet class. Yeah, no, that's good. That's kind of similar to mine. I didn't leave home till 16. I was just dancing locally and didn't really take it seriously until like 14, 15. Yeah. So like, it's interesting to talk, like, obviously talking to different people and being like, you know, some people are like wanting to do it from age five and then some people don't, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it's obviously important because it kind of just shows that you can make, you can still be a professional dancer and you don't have to start like intense training at like five. Like you can. Totally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my friends did go to year round programs very, very early. And I've always mm -hmm. thought it was very interesting, like the mm. comparison between yeah. the local studio and staying home until you're a little bit older or going away to those like big conservatories. And yeah. I just feel like there's, some major pros and cons with yeah both. definitely but at the end of the day you can make it to that same goal whichever mm -hmm. route that you you yeah choose. yeah 100 100 um so you left school like left home left california at 17 you went to washington school of ballet yeah um how was that experience you moved literally across the country like that's a big move yes um what was that like it really was one of my favorite years. Um, I always wanted my social life or like that life out of ballet to be mm -hmm. important. I, I wanted to like um, focus on that. So I just thought of that year away was it was like my first year of college. Like all my friends were moving away as well. So it wasn't like I was excited. I was excited to move in with roommates. I was excited to be independent. Um, mm -hmm. And I love the Washington School of Ballet. I, I love the company. And it really was, um, it was like a very valuable year. I truly needed it. Um, and I look back at that year and it's just one of my favorite years. You mm. just learn so much, even like moving across the country or just moving to a new studio, you learn so much from different teachers and being yeah. around other dancers. And I was lucky enough to be with dancers like all over the world and leaving your like comfort zone studio and entering this like whole new world really like opened my eyes and mm. motivated me more. And that was really like a pivotal year in my career. Yeah. Yeah, great. and I love DC as a city, so mm. that's great too. Yeah, no, I feel like moving away from home, it like it makes you it, like not just that it forces you to grow, but you grow so much with yes. all these experiences that come with moving away, being in a completely new environment, and it just it really kind of like shows how like I guess true that saying is like you know nothing grow like you don't grow from being in your comfort zone like you need exactly. to get out and explore whatever it, in whatever way that is totally you kind of have to just jump and go for it and mm. there's so much that comes with moving away from home yeah. like 
yes, you have to be responsible with your ballet classes and like show up and like do all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going grocery shopping and then you're managing mm-hmm. your money and then you're dealing with roommates. Like there's so much like learning and like growth happening when you move away from home. Yeah. But it, it's really great. And um, it was a really fun time in my yeah. ballet. Ballet yeah. training. Yeah. What was your like? So you were there for one year, and was that like the last year of the of like the school? Yes. So okay. I actually was never a trainee. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of at the Washington School of Ballet. The trainees were kind of meshed with the company, but still part mm-hmm. of the school. And it wasn't as clear as a program back then. I think now okay. it's rock solid. But I really needed that one more year of like professional schooling and I'm so grateful that I did because I got insane attention I was with those teachers and they were drilling us and even though it wasn't in that professional environment yet Mm -hmm. I think being in that school setting for Mm -hmm. one more year away from my studio was exactly what I needed and those the teachers were great and um yeah, I just wasn't quite ready to jump into company life yet. And I think that's something that a lot of young dancers like rush Mm. into. They like Mm. rush out of the school process and then they're in a company, but they're still not quite ready. Um, Mm. So I was really happy that I did that. And um, it was really great. Yeah, I can imagine that being like a good, like, kind of transition period like it helps you like oh okay adjust to like living away from home like having to do all your shopping man like you just said all the stuff you said that like mm-hmm. if you were doing that straight to company life is it's is a difficult. lot it's it a, lot. a lot to handle I will be the first one to say there were some gaps <laughs> in my technique there were some things that I needed to learn and work on and mm. I think that year was like the first year that I had to do a full class in point shoes which is mm. like huge mm. I mean my local studio we didn't do that I would only yeah, it takes that. a while to get used to doing <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh my gosh ballet is hard enough as it is and then you add point shoes and it's just a whole thing so yeah it was definitely a big year for yeah. sure mm. so what was your plan like so you were there in the last year of the school lane did you want to like join Washington Ballet as a trainee was that something that you like had maybe really set your hopes up for or were you really open to whatever came your way did you have any other companies in mind or did you kind of just be like I will take anything and anyone sort of thing yeah I feel like since Washington DC is so close to New York it was so Mm. easy for us to go to every single audition and I remember I just turned 18 when I started at um, Washington and Mm. I was just thinking that that first year of auditions, it would kind of be Mm. like my practice run. It would kind of be like, okay, let's see what company auditions are like. Let's see the vibe. I've never done it before and kind of use that first year to get my bearings. And I really had no pressure on myself to get a contract or to not get a contract. And I really- Yeah, I really would have been happy to stay in the school or go to move on to trainee at Washington. And I honestly feel like that is why I was successful in those auditions, because I really didn't like need it or like really, really care that first year. Um, Mm -hmm. And of 
course I was interested in staying at Washington or potentially um, getting into the company there. But then I started my audition process and the first company audition that I did, I got that contract. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. Like maybe I do want to move or maybe, mm. you know. So. What was that? F- was, can you say what it was for? <laughs> yeah. So my first ever company audition was for Ballet Met. And okay. So that was, yeah. Yeah. And I remember it was in New York City. There were about mm. 200 girls in that audition. And oh my God. it was literally my first ever company audition. So I'm just like, okay let's use it as a, an audi- uh, like a practice run. I'm just going to think of it like a class. And mm. I got the contract, which was so exciting. And mm. I don't know if it was like good that I got that contract the first audition, because every audition after that, I was like, okay, well, I don't really care about this because I feel like I'm just mm. going to take this one contract. Um, mm. And auditions are like so exhausting, traveling mm. to auditions, paying for auditions, it is brutal. Um, and I was just so grateful and so excited that I got Ballet Met. And um, I think once I got it, I was just like set on going. Yeah, that's good. It's yeah. interesting because I feel like the like the whole, like the way auditions kind of work in the States is quite different to like Europe and, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, like we don't, pay for auditions like they do like in these set like these open auditions in like New York City like I literally it's terrible can't believe and the fact I mean like we have open auditions um but like I don't know like I guess like a lot of people just tend to avoid them because they know like like how do you get seen like I don't understand you literally have to like throw elbows at the girls next to you to like get in the front of the room but I mean I could talk about the whole like audition culture in America like for this whole podcast episode it's mm. so ridiculous yeah I mean some of these I mean are- I think we like I'd love to talk about like I'm so intrigued about it because yeah, it is very I mean, different to over here the fact that they are charging 35 40 dollars just mm. to audition is just it doesn't make sense to me um and it's just a shame because not only do you have to pay to audition you also have to pay to travel to the audition potentially mm. you have to pay to get a hotel room maybe um and we're all struggling artists like we're not like millionaires over mm-hmm. here and nine out of 10 times, they make cuts throughout the audition. So you could be paying $40 to do up until Tondu's on yeah. bar, you know, which is just devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just pretty crazy. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> did you ever have to, did you ever like go to any audition? Like, did you ever do any company classes that year? Or was it all just yeah. like open auditions in New York? I'm trying to think if I did that first year, if I'm just being honest, I know this about myself. I, and this is very crazy that I feel this way, but I thrive more in an open audition environment mm-hmm. rather than a private company audition environment. I mm-hmm. just feel like there's so much more pressure when it's just company class because you are the only one auditioning and not only are the directors watching you and judging you but the rest of the company mm. are judging you just as I, much. I I no I definitely 
agree with that like I mean I don't feel like I can be like oh like I don't know if I feel more comfortable but there is a lot of things that like you know yeah like you just said not getting judged yeah I mean even just like I remember doing company auditions or private company class and I would Mm. walk in and just finding that bar spot at the beginning of class is enough to make someone like want to vomit like that's so Mm. nerve-wracking um and this might sound like ridiculous but when I'm in like an open audition I kind of think of it as like a game like Mm -hmm. we're all in this together like let's have the most fun like how can I do this pirouette exercise like like performing it or okay like the first cut is done like how do we make it to the next cut and kind of just like going in with like this doesn't matter. It's just a class and we're all in it together. So might as well make it into like an enjoyable experience Mm. and just feel like as soon as you really want that company contract that you're auditioning for, you get so in your head that you're not even able to do anything. Whether, Mm. I mean, just going in and thinking this is just another class, Mm -hmm. that is when you really find like, true success in those auditions yeah definitely like I think it's it's interesting because I've everyone's so different in the sense of like the way they find auditions like I know some people will prefer class and some people will prefer auditions I actually quite like auditions because I feel like I don't know like I enjoy finding ways of how can I get the di- like the the director's attention or the people's attention totally. so, okay so like how okay I'm watching everyone else and they're doing stuff from the corner okay what are they not doing that I can do to get like attention like what do I have what because then you can like I don't want to say like oh put yourself up against other people but if you can get an idea of what maybe what the people at the panel are looking for if they're looking a bit bored it's like okay we need to spice some stuff up here like I quite I do enjoy like thinking like oh okay what do I want to show them that they're not seeing today exactly Exactly. I mean, every time I go into an audition, the majority of an audition is standing on the side watching all the other girls in the audition, if it's like a big audition. And Mm. I just look at these girls and they're all so talented. They're Mm -hmm. so beautiful, but they look terrified. They Mm. look not only terrified, they look bored. They look like they're just like dead inside. And I'm like, you're trying to get this contract ladies. Like Mm. you need to add some like sparkle in your eye or something. Mm. And I understand that it's very nerve wracking and stressful and Mm -hmm. all of what goes into auditions. But I, yeah, it's interesting to watch the other girls in the audition and be like, okay, like how can I do this a little different and Mm -hmm. get those directors to notice yeah yeah a leotard helps like a nice like Mm -hmm. color leotard but it's interesting yeah it is and it it almost is kind of sad because I feel like there is so many dancers like when it comes to that audition stage for jobs that aren't confident going into it yeah um and there is which is like understandable because it's a really scary situation you know we're all doubting ourselves um but something that and I'm sure you know this is too because you like you know like what you just said but you need to like switch this on you need to switch yeah. the face on in that audition because the thing is everyone's kind of at the point where technique wise everyone's pretty much the same some people might be really flexible some people less some people might have 
really good pirouettes some people less but like overall is like everyone gets to a certain point where you know they can do the exercises and then it literally just becomes a matter of performance stage presence and stuff like that yeah and I wish like I've seen so many good dancers like at auditions and that you literally like if you use your face you'd be amazing I know I know it's also interesting like I know that my strength is on being on stage Mm. and I'm not necessarily that like class dancer that shines so I kind of use that I kind of have to like switch that thing in my yeah. brain like mm-hmm. how can I take what I do on stage and bring yeah, it and bring yeah right now mm-hmm. and sometimes you might feel ridiculous like if you're trying to oh like, 100% you can fit you like do <laughs> I know look insane but you know <laughs> you just you kind of have to go with it and go yeah. for it and we're all trying to get that contract so mm-hmm. whatever you can do to stand out you yeah get exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah. So after, I guess, your first audition season, you started at Ballet Met as in their second company. What, you know, what was that like? You know, what was the difference between the second company and the main company? What did you have to do that kind of, they, like the main company, do you have to do? And, you know, were you paid? Did you have to like have a side job? Like all all the gossip, all the time. company okay so when I got my contract with Ballet Met second company that was actually the first year they had a second company program which Mm -hmm. was a very interesting experience I feel like Mm -hmm. we were both learning how to have a second company together Mm -hmm. um and it was very intertwined with the main company we company class every single day we learned company rep and choreography and we were in those rehearsals mm-hmm. and with those company rehearsals and company class, we also had our own like second company rep and performances as well. Um, but they were much more like outreach programs. So okay. we would go into the community, we would go into mm-hmm. schools and do all of that stuff. Um, but at Ballet Met that first year, I feel like they were missing that like true second company like curriculum or like schedule Mm -hmm. um but I really really grew a lot there it was Mm. again it was like learning like growth like learning experience Mm -hmm. um and going from school into a professional company environment Mm. is a big jump It, it being in that rehearsal um, environment and needing to know the choreography and having to go into any spot at any time is intimidating and overwhelming and it's definitely like a skill that you need to like work mm. on and learn um, but I really feel like that first year in that second company was really really um, crucial to like learn all of those tools and then once I got into the Kansas City second company program I was like okay like I knew what to now I know what to expect mm. I grew from being at Ballet Met and the things that I wasn't that strong at, at Ballet Met I'll be able to work on it more in Kansas City but yeah jumping from school into that professional life even mm. in company could be a big jump um but we did get paid which mm-hmm. was 
great. That's good. I mean, we barely got paid, but <laughs> it, I still got a paycheck. And mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been like $5 and I would have been so excited. I just mm. feel like oh, that, yeah. that first like professional company paycheck. You can call yourself a professional because you're getting exactly. paid. <laughs> exactly. Which is just so exciting. I was mm. very, very excited. Yeah. Did you ever have to do like, like work part-time during any of these? Yeah. So I didn't at Bally Met. Okay. I was still, I just turned 19 and I didn't have my priorities straight in the same way, like financially. I was still kind of just young and all my other mm-hmm. friends were in college and going out and partying and we were all doing that as well. You know, I was still focused and did my work and all mm. of that. But, yeah, um, but you had fun. Had, I had fun. I was 19. I mean, mm. come on, we're young. We got to do that. But it was <laughs> until Kansas City where mm. I started working a part-time job. Um, okay. And I just taught ballet. And that was just the best mm-hmm. part-time job ever. Mm. And I did that all I want to say four out of the five years that I was in Kansas City which was okay great um, yeah second income yeah no teaching is a good like second income on top yeah yeah and it's something it's interesting before I was in a company environment Mm. I didn't necessarily realize that that was like the norm that all of these dancers so is it a not like is it not is it I would say so I mean I would say maybe 70% of the company job, whether that's teaching or Mm -hmm. personal trainer or working at a restaurant. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also feel like there's so many benefits to having a part-time job Mm. aside from the money. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of just like takes you out of that ballet life Mm -hmm. or in that like company life. And you have different friends and you have a different place to show up to, which is like super valuable when you're in a company. No, definitely. I think that's really important. And I didn't really realize like that, particularly until COVID and like, Mm. and I think probably the same for a lot of dancers being taken out of that little ballet bubble and then being put into either they've gone home or they've started working at something that's unrelated to ballet, you know, as a part-time job and it's like wow different people different expectations different everything yeah and it's important though because it makes you more of a rounded person so yeah (laughs) and it really makes you appreciate your ballet even more I mean depending on what you're doing I think there's really like no real negatives to having a second job other than you're going to be exhausted but yeah <laughs> but that bank account's gonna look better it's gonna be good it's mm. gonna be good yeah so what was so you did all like the same did you do like the shows with ballet met or was it mainly like did you get much you know I guess stage time or was it mainly understudying um yeah I didn't get as much stage time at ballet met we we had our second company performances okay um, but we didn't get that much stage time with the company. We did Nutcracker with the company and there were other opportunities. I think I can't even remember which story valleys that we, we did that year. I think we did Cinderella and we were in Cinderella, but um, Kansas city is where I really got the most stage mm-hmm. time. That second company program 
we were the core. So every production okay. we were in it, we were um, definitely more a part of the productions in Kansas City compared to Valley Met. And I will say this was years ago and mm. it was the first year. So things could totally be different. Yeah, yeah. Just when I was there, the six of us, there were six they of probably, us. Yeah. yeah, it it could be different now. Um, but mm-hmm. I just remember the six of us, okay. like the back of rehearsal, like, okay, we know we're not <laughs> performing this, but we'll learn it, you know, <laughs> little game. But yeah. still good, still yeah. good to learn and do all of that. Yeah, it's still a good experience. Um, so moving to Kansas, and then, you know, you were there for quite a few years. What was it like, I guess, kind of, you know, understanding the hierarchy, wanting to, I don't know, when was there a point where you thought, oh, I want to stay here and, you know, decide to, you know, try and progress and get into the core, like, yeah, for main company, or were you kind of like keeping your options open? What was that kind of thought process? Well, I feel like by the time I got to Kansas City, I was mm-hmm. so over moving that yeah. I was even if I don't like it here, I'm gonna stay here because the thought of packing up my stuff for a third, fourth time, mm. I'd rather die. So <laughs> um, I got to Kansas City and thankfully I loved it. I loved mm. the artistic staff and I really loved the program. So I remember very early on wanting that to be my goal and wanting okay. that to be the place that I really grow as a dancer. And I'm very grateful that it worked out that way. Um, mm-hmm. But it really was still a very slow process. So mm. I was in the second company the first year. And then that next season, I was still in the second company. And then the year after that, I was just an apprentice. So technically, I was a part of the company, but still not like a full-fledged company, company member. Mm. Um, so it was definitely a process mm-hmm. and in the moment I was so like eager and antsy to move up the ranks and just get that company position mm-hmm. but looking back with each year that I was there it was just so valuable like mm-hmm. the first year at second company compared to the second and then apprentice you know I'm really grateful for the pace mm. that I got promoted yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I really, I really did enjoy it. And Kansas City Valley is a, it, it's a great company. So I never thought that I would be living in Kansas City, Missouri, but it was a good chapter for sure. Mm, yeah. So kind of now talking about, I guess, like any struggles that you experienced during your journey as a dancer, whether that be in training or as a professional, literally can be anything you know, injuries, any mental health struggles, like anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think every, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where do I even begin with the struggles? Um, I really, you know, I am very grateful to say that I never really struggled with major body image stuff. I never struggled with eating disorders, thankfully. And that was like all great. Um, But with ballet, with being in that world and a part Mm. of the company, the competition, the pressure, the judgment, all of that is just so extreme every single day. Um, But I feel like when I was in my 
ballet career or in a company life, I really didn't realize all of the the struggles until I stepped away from the ballet world. And I was like, holy shit, like that's normal. Like things that we deal with every day in the studio is insane compared to like normal jobs. So it really wasn't until I was out of my ballet world that I started to realize, wait, maybe I did have body image or maybe I did struggle with this certain aspect in the studio. Um, but I just feel like any ballet dancer <laughs> struggles yeah. with one thing, you know, and mm. whether it's body image or dealing with competition, it's just a very extreme world to be yeah. in. Yeah, it is really just like everyone, I feel like just everyone is on edge all the time or like. Totally, totally. I think my biggest struggle was just dealing with the artistic staff and what Mm. they were wanting from me. And sometimes I didn't agree with them or maybe I Mm. just, I wanted to do it my own way. And that's another thing that you learn like throughout your career, you kind of need to figure out who you are in the studio, who you Mm. want to be in the studio. And sometimes even though you might want this one company to work for you and your dancing, it might not be the best place for you. And finding that company that you feel like the most you in mm. is what's gonna like make you the happiest. And I feel like now that I'm older, I don't necessarily have that like dream company like I did when I was younger. I just mm-hmm. feel like everyone has different qualities and finding that right company for you to highlight those qualities is super important for your career yeah definitely um what was it so you know do you think that was more coming out of COVID when you realized a lot of this stuff like I mean during COVID that that's kind of allowed you to like process all this stuff (laughs) yes totally so it's interesting before COVID I left Kansas City Ballet at the beginning of 2020 2020 I moved across the country and I was actually showing up to Boston Ballet here um Mm -hmm. and going back to like those dream companies Boston Ballet was like the dream company I always wanted to be in the company all blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then I get here and I'm taking class and I've made it to that dream and I just started to look around and I'm just like why am I not feeling as excited or why am I not feeling as happy and Mm -hmm. I realized that I had some mental health struggles that I just needed to focus on and work Mm -hmm. on um and I just didn't feel like jumping into a major company would be the best for me Mm -hmm. um and I just feel like COVID has definitely gotten all of us to think about everything and things that we want to change and things that weren't necessarily okay anymore in the ballet Mm -hmm. world so I think that's like a major positive that has come out of COVID Mm -hmm. with all the negatives I feel like that's positive for sure yeah no there's definitely has been like you know stuff like that that has been good um have you been like you know have you got what have you done you know to help you yourself get through it and like process this and understand like you know 
Yeah. I am the biggest advocate for therapy. Mm -hmm. I talk all about it on my YouTube channel. I tell Mm -hmm. all of my friends, get in therapy if you know what's good for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the conversation around therapy has this like scary stigma of like only people who are like messed up in the head go to therapy and Mm. whatever you are feeling about therapy. But that is truly the thing that has changed my life. I know Mm -hmm. that's so dramatic but it's (laughs) and I just always say ballet dancers I mean I feel like every ballet dancer should be in therapy but we deal with it so much every single day that why not talk to someone about it I mean being Mm. in a leotard and tights with 20 other girls in leotard and tights for like eight hours a day is not like a natural no 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 that is a lot of (laughs) yeah it's a lot it's insane. So I think my biggest tool that I've implemented in my life is for sure therapy. Mm. Um, and also to kind of just allow myself to ride the wave of these emotions. I feel yeah. like a lot of us in COVID are away from our environments and maybe our bodies are looking different or maybe we're questioning if we even want to continue ballet. And I think the biggest thing is to just let yourself feel it and experience mm. it. And it might be painful and uncomfortable, but the more you push it down, I feel like the bigger the issues become. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely painful and it's mm. definitely uncomfortable dealing with it. Yeah, but, it- but it's good. And it's something that, you know, I'm, I think everyone needs to, particularly, you know, in ballet, I think it's, it's it should become like a normal thing. I don't know why it has got such a stigma like a negative stigma about it because it's good for you like it's literally yeah. like it's like medicine it's like we have physical therapists that mm-hmm. come into the ballet company we need those psychologists like mm-hmm. therapists you know I mean we're all crazy and I feel like yeah. I can say because I'm crazy too oh yeah I will openly say, admit it yeah. <laughs> too, we're all crazy cuckoo bunhead ballerinas so let's just talk about it it's all mm-hmm. good you know exactly. um, it's it's hard enough as it is so mm-hmm. we can use all the help we can get yeah that. no definitely um I feel like that like moves quite well on to then you know now to my you started you started a YouTube channel and yeah. Lazy Ballerina Club as a like <laughs> I don't know what would you call it? an empire. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes, we're manifesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what was your yeah backstory? What was your reasoning? What kind of inspired you to do that? Well, so leaving my company was like probably the scariest things I've ever done in my life. I feel yeah. like that's a very rare thing to do, mm. and I was just petrified of what was next or I was dealing with all of these emotions and questions Mm. everything and I just felt like no one was really talking about what really goes on in your ballet career after your ballet career and just like all of the things that Mm. happen um so that is kind of why I started Lazy Ballerina Club and I um I've fallen in love with creating YouTube videos I think it's like the perfect way to connect with everyone um it's definitely a new experience for sure Mm. but it's really been 
amazing. And the best part about it is just sharing what I'm struggling with and then Mm. realizing that there's like, we're all dealing with the same things. Like, yeah, I am not alone. No one is alone. Um, Mm. So not only is it like beneficial for whoever's watching, I hope, I hope it's beneficial, (laughs) but it's also like so therapeutic for me. I like, Mm. like the majority of the things that I talk about on my channel are just the things that I need to be like telling myself or like that I need to be doing in my own life. So it's kind of been this like COVID passion project that I'm Mm -hmm. just very grateful for. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I literally feel the same about my podcast in the sense that like it's almost like therapy, like when I'm just like talking about everything. Um, And I think it's so great that, I mean, I've been able to connect with dancers all over the world. Like, I feel like we would have never connected if we hadn't started this, you know, and I think that is what is so great about Mm. social media. I mean, there's a lot of negatives about social media. Yeah. but um being able to like build that community mm-hmm. when our main valley community felt like it was taken from us we yeah. all managed to like build mm-hmm. this valley community which I think is really great yeah no it is it's so nice when you think about it like that I yeah. think it, yeah a lot of people have probably felt lost there's been a lot of lost you know in the last few <laughs> you know months year whatever mm-hmm. um and I think you know being able to find a connection with others hear other people's stories find things that are relatable yeah. um I think it's been really good for people um yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's good like I love seeing you know more and more people kind of have these platforms talking about ballet talking about their experiences talking about you know issues struggles just being open and honest because yeah. I think the industry has kind of not had that for a lot of it like a lot of people and I can you know fully understand there's a lot of people that are scared yeah completely get it but yeah. if change need, wants to happen then we need to talk <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I mean I feel like the more we all start talking about whatever we're dealing with, the less mm. scary it all is. And exactly, it's just normal. And mm-hmm. I always say like, as soon as I, like, if I'm struggling with something like really deep or it's like just mm. in my head and I'm just like focused on that, as mm-hmm. soon as I just talk about it, it doesn't feel as stressful. It doesn't yeah. feel overwhelmed. Um, overwhelming um so selfishly my youtube channel is like all like for me feeling better like it's great for people like it too hopefully but i'm very selfish in that like, no no I, that's funny so, yeah. no i there's def i think i think as humans mo- everything we do has some sort of like selfish part to it like that is not it's natural we're not doing everything for everyone else yeah might benefit someone else but also but like it would have for a lot of the things we do has to benefit us in some way whether that be you know mentally emotionally whatever yeah um so don't worry (laughs) it's not thank you thank you (laughs) um yeah i i don't think i have anything else to kind of like touch on is there any do you have any last words any words of wisdom anything oh my gosh (laughs) let me try to find some nugget of wisdom deep down I just feel like what I just said I just want to reiterate how Mm. amazing 
COVID has been, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but how amazing this opportunity has been for all of us dancers to Mm -hmm. explore new, I don't know, creative outlets, Mm. starting a podcast, starting a YouTube channel. I think it's really opened all of our eyes and minds to new opportunities and being able to create and be artists in new ways and mm-hmm. I really really value your platform and all of these other platforms that are starting up and I think mm-hmm. it's really exciting and I'm just excited and grateful that you had me on this amazing podcast oh, no worries it's been great to chat and have you on um so thanks for coming on yeah I hope you. the listeners I mean I know the listeners would have enjoyed it so before we finish the episode where can listeners find you they want to check out your videos follow you on Instagram whatever yes. so subscribe to my YouTube channel at Goldie Jane and then follow me on Instagram at Lazy Ballerina Club mm-hmm. perfect I'll leave them in the description below so guys make sure to go check them out um, after you've listened to the podcast so yeah, yeah um that's it for today we have finished be sure to share the episode subscribe on whatever listening platform you're listening to do what you need to do um but yeah just want to thank you goldie for coming on thank you so much and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to today's episode um so yeah we're done thank you very much bye bye Bye, everyone (laughs) 